0: Welcome in everyone and thank you for listening to the 276th episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast. Brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the MSP Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing great, Cameron. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, People were really paying attention to YouTube recently. They might have seen, they might have noticed that our Lock bobblehead was broken. Uh, my daughter was playing with him, dropped him on the floor, broke him into pieces. Oh, I mean, really, really broken. Yeah. But in honor of his game-winning drive last couple nights ago uh, for the Seahawks, I had to get out the super glue, get him back in shape, get Him back in play and shape, and just like Drew, I didn't know if he had it in him to know to look this good again, but sure enough, he looks fantastic once again.
1: I I gotta say, what you've done here is truly remarkable, knowing where he was a week ago. Yeah, so in this physical form here and also in real life, yeah, exactly. he, has, he has made a transformation. Yeah, you were watching that game live, I was, I uh, didn't catch
0: it live, had to catch up after the fact.
1: Yeah, he, uh, um against the eagles who i mean one of the best teams in the nfl mm-hmm. and had i don't know maybe four or five minutes to drive down the field and they were losing and made a couple really impressive throws on the drive and yeah then finished the drive off with maybe a 20 30 yard touchdown to jackson smith and jigba with and less than a minute left yeah like 40 seconds left mm. and man it was just a thing of beauty and uh You know, obviously Missouri fans remember the little backpack uh, touchdown celebration from the Texas Bowl back in 2017 that was mocked online very much and by Tom Herman. And then you tweeted about Tom Herman and called him trash? I stood up for my boy Drew Locke and I I said that he was absolute trash (laughs) And so that Tom um, Herman was absolute trash. It was viewed like four million times. It was like a, I posted like the video of him doing the. It's almost the anniversary of that, so perfect timing. It's coming again. up. Yeah. And the other day, I was actually just kind of curious. Like someone said something about Tom Herman, yeah. and I was like, I typed in at Google Tom Herman absolute trash, and there's like all of these articles that like have my tweet on it and stuff like that, like SB Nation and all yeah. these like yeah. pretty big art, uh, like. Uh, different companies or whatever yeah and uh so yes that was uh my moment of internet fame thanks to drew lock and tom herman but anyways he drew lock after he threw the touchdown the other night he kind of like started to do the backpack thing like yeah. and he, he did it so perfectly it was like does it still fit does yeah. it will it still go on yes it will and and whoever's running the truck the production team
0: perfect cuts to geno smith doing the backpack yep.
1: and bit nodding like yeah you got it guess him up yeah, yeah, he he gave a pretty great interview after the game too. Um very candid he usually is. Mm-hmm. But was getting a little choked up just talking about how he hasn't played in a long time and so you just kind of almost doubt yourself like can I still can I still do this? And his, his guys picked him up. His guys got him. Mm. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, Drew Locke's got a lot of personality. I mean, he shows it. He's dancing on the sidelines or singing along with a song or whatever and I feel like people make fun of him a lot on online, but I feel like he doesn't get the credit for how good of a quarterback he really is. Mm-hmm. Like he's better than I think a lot of people think.
0: After that I had to just go watch Drew Lock Mizzou highlights on YouTube for a little while. And there's one video that's every Drew Lock Mizzou touchdown. It's like 20 but that minutes was a long. long video. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's a Drew Lock. I love him. And uh he's back in good shape, back playing, throwing touchdowns. He set the internet on fire, that's for sure. <laughs> um kyle what we have a lot to talk about today tonight it's already pretty late um we are going to talk about basketball a little bit we're going to talk about this actually last week when we recorded it was the same day that the 2024 football schedule came out so we didn't have time to react to that yet so we'll do that talk about the high school signing class since it's National signing day the newest updates on the transfer portal situation and then we're going to do our official preview of the cotton bowl matchup with ohio state and we're going to pick all the sec bowl games so strap in buckle up busy day yeah uh before you do all that before we do all that
1: gotta wish you a merry christmas
0: we gotta wish you a merry christmas and happy holidays happy holidays all of the above and don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, leave us a review wherever you listen to us, and you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Pod. So we'll start it off with Mizzou basketball. We'll try to keep this pretty short because we have a lot to get to, but they lost to Seton Hall, 93-87 to 87 in Kansas City. Um, in the preview, I talked about Alamir Dawes, who was like a streaky shooter, went 5-15 of 15 from 3 against Rutgers. Well... He goes 4 of 11 from 3 against Missouri. And then uh, Dylan Adewusu, he just tore us to shreds. He had made eight threes on the season before this game. And, of course, against Missouri, he goes 4 for 6 from 3. Um, and the, the Seton Hall team that was the worst three-point po- three shooting team in the Big East goes 10 of 23 from 3 while also shooting 70% from 2 and getting to the free throw line 23 times and that's how you score
1: 93 points yeah missouri has a habit of doing that like making teams that are offensively inept look really talented and i feel like this was maybe like the best example of that where seton hall just it was like they couldn't miss
0: yeah and we're kind of just like getting wherever they wanted on the floor getting good matchups and mismatches um Missouri this season has done this thing where they just like are right with a team and then will go on a four or five minute stretch where they can't score. And in the first half, Seton Hall had a 16 to three run in the second half. Seton Hall had an 18 to three run, but Missouri to their credit doesn't give up. It was just too little too late against Seton Hall. Uh, They mounted a comeback and, made it close to where they were like fouling and Seton Hall had to make some free throws to put it away late, but you can't give up 93 points. And I think in the second half, I think they gave up 51 or something like that. Uh, So it was pretty ugly. And for Missouri offensively, um, Sean East and Nick honor were like non-existent in the first half. Tamar Bates was holding his own early. But then he didn't really do a whole lot in the second half. Sean East did finally wake up and provide a spark and, you know, try to take over the game late, but it was just too late. Um yeah, so that's just kind of a disappointing disappointing one because you're playing in Kansas City. It was is one of these neutral site games that Missouri basically turns into a home game. Should be a home yeah. game, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's pretty obvious Missouri's not going to be able to overcome uh, bad games from both uh, Nick Honor and Sean East. And um, I don't know, do you think that Missouri is missing Caleb Grill quite a bit? I think,
0: yes. It, at least in this game, that seemed pretty obvious. It seems like not having Grill should be something that you can overcome <laughs> because he hasn't been like insanely productive in even Missouri's wins this
1: year. But almost maybe more defensively
0: yeah probably and um I just the fact that Noah Carter has not shown the ability to create his own shot opportunities has probably been the most distressing thing about Missouri offensively so far
1: yeah I feel like Noah Carter might be the most disappointing part of the season so far and obviously Missouri's had a decent season for the most part. And he's not playing terrible. Right. But he just has not taken that next step. Like, um, we saw a couple of players take ne- uh, last year. Like, I think that we kind of just assumed that Noah Carter, another year of experience, and was going to be dependent on way more this yeah. season than last. Um, he just didn't take the step, at least hasn't so far. And... Um, I don't know, he was so efficient last year. It felt like everybody was so efficient last year and uh, kind of struggling to see that so far. Sean East, though, has taken
0: that step. Um, yeah. and But, like you said, this team cannot withstand him having an off game. Like Maybe you could if Nick Honor is hot from three and Noah Carter is also hot from three because that's all you have left. Like If Sean East isn't... Getting into the paint, then you just have spot up three point shooters who you need to be hitting shots. Um, so it's still not the end of the world, though, because, like, I don't know, there's still plenty of opportunities ahead of Missouri. There's still a top 100 Kempom team, but it just is not going to get much easier going into conference play. And before we do that, uh, Missouri plays Illinois in St. Louis. And Illinois is pretty good this year. They're 8-2 and two on the season, uh, and pretty nice wins over Florida Atlantic and Rutgers. And their two losses were to a very good Marquette and Tennessee teams. So they're solid. Uh, side note, Marquette just lost their first Big East game of the season to Kim English's Providence team. Were you about is, to say
1: like the Providence mascot and then you just couldn't think of what. Providence
0: Friars. There you go. Is that it? Yeah. Uh, Providence is 39th in Kim
1: Palm. It's pretty good.
0: Number eight defense in the country.
1: I almost totally forgot that Kim English was at Providence.
0: Yeah, that was like, I've, obviously we were uh, paying attention to that when he made the move, but uh, it's kind of maybe a little bit like under the radar coaching change from this past off season um anyway illinois they are led by former texas tech transfer terrence shannon um, and so far this season he's been one of the best players in the country um, had a good season for illinois last year uh, then he is helped by southern illinois transfer marcus domask and he's kind of a slashing forward who gets to the rim gets to the free throw line Offensively, Illinois likes to play a lot of one-on-one and exploit mismatches. And honestly, they are fine to just kind of clear it out and let Shannon do his thing a lot of the time. And um, just kind of spread out shooters and let Shannon create for himself or kick it out. But they don't get a lot of assists, so it is a lot of one-on-one trying to exploit mismatches. Defensively, or like when Missouri has the ball, I feel like our guards are going to struggle against Illinois' size in the backcourt. Shannon's listed at 6'6". Their two-guard is listed at 6'6". Then they've got kind of a tweener guard forward that's 6'7". So the two-deep in the backcourt are all guys taller than Sean East. So... (laughs) I just feel like and they, they're going to pressure the ball quite a bit. I don't know. I'm feeling pessimistic coming off the Seton Hall loss yeah. and looking at this
1: Illinois team, the way it's constructed. Yeah, I mean, it feels like a nightmare matchup, which is exactly how I felt last year <laughs> going, going into the Illinois game. You know, I think last year we knew about Missouri's struggles on the perimeter and uh, how good Illinois was at shooting threes and um, kind of spacing you out and, um, which, like you mentioned, Shannon does so well. But so it just feels like one of these days, Illinois is just gonna, you know, do what they do really well against Missouri and probably just blow the doors off of Missouri. It, this that could be this year. Uh, but you know, like uh, they, they're a better team. They just don't win the game, right? Arkansas. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. It feels like that very well could be the recipe for for what happens. Like you know, they had Terrence Shannon last year though, and he really didn't play super well. Right. So, it's kind of one of those rivalry game situations where sometimes things that make sense just go out the window completely.
0: Yeah. And unlike the Seton Hall game in Kansas City, there will be plenty of Illinois fans showing up in St. Louis. So, it definitely feels more like a big game atmosphere when you have both fan bases equally represented and being loud. Mm-hmm. Um, Illinois, one interesting thing about sort of their team profile is they're 13th in Palm on defense, but. They do not force turnovers. 341st in turnovers forced. They don't get steals. They don't get dead ball turnovers. They just rely on forcing you to take bad shots and not giving you second-chance opportunities. Yeah, it just feels like a nightmare matchup for Missouri. Um, Neutral floor, I still feel like Missouri can keep it within ten. But if there was one of these, I, I feel like if Missouri had gotten like blown out by Kansas, then I'd be like, okay, but well, we'll keep it close against Illinois. Or if one of these other, because really the only game that Missouri has not really been in much was the Memphis game. So I just feel After like... they're leading
1: at halftime. That's true. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the second half with just that complete meltdown. I don't know. I feel like this could be the one though when we look back that's like, yikes, that was a that was a rough game. Yeah, I think
1: if it ha- if it happens that way, we'll look back and say, Yep, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um but that's how that's never how rights goes. True, true. Um
0: we will talk again, most likely before uh Missouri plays central Arkansas and then it's conference season and we will spend the rest of the episode talking about football and we'll start with just a little rundown of the 2024 Missouri football schedule that was released last week it's old news now but I thought we would just run through it once real quick give just off the top of the brain thoughts and just I'll say the game you tell me if it's a win or loss first game
1: of the year at home Murray State it's gotta be a win the schedule's set up nice too where it's like uh it's like almost in blocks where there's four games yeah. and a bye four games and a bye yeah
0: um second game home against buffalo
1: i'll say that's a win
0: not high on buffalo next year probably not no third game of the season another home game this time against boston college Re- revenge game that's a that's a w that one better be circled on everybody's calendar <laughs> Uh, then first conference game of the season is at home against Vanderbilt.
1: That better be a win.
0: First block, 4-0.
1: That's how. a pretty reasonable block. Yeah,
0: I like that. Easy block, 4-0. Then you get a bye week before you go on the road at Texas A&M.
1: I have a new coach. Yeah. Tough place to play. They're reloading. Yeah.
0: I haven't heard... Anything... Tran- I've only Lebius
1: heard... is going to Alabama. Ooh. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see him. Yeah. Um, They're losing everybody, though. I think it's got to be a win. Yeah. Tough game. Yeah. Tough place to play. Wouldn't... At this
0: point right now, wouldn't be shocked if that's a loss, but yeah, it's like way. a measuring stick. You're just
1: perpetually going to have to play against talented players, but... Yep, that's a challenge. Go
0: on the road. Get the win. Show that that 4-0 is not fraudulent. Go 5-0. Uh, Then we got a road matchup at UMass. Now
1: everybody's upset about
0: this. Are you upset?
1: Um, I mean it's a little bit weird, like considering what we've done with these other games Mm -hmm. the last couple years. Like we didn't go to Memphis. Yeah, bought that out, and you know did the St. Louis thing with it. Uh, There was like Middle Tennessee State, even maybe. Yeah, was that were we supposed to play there? That seems insane. I don't know. There was some. Does that seem
0: more insane than playing at UMass?
1: Can we get UMass to come to St. Louis? (laughs) <laughs> probably uh i don't know yeah it's a, it's a little bit strange i guess uh i don't know if i'm upset about it yeah i feel like uh
0: i was more aware of that sort of phenomenon this season and i saw enough of that from other sec teams that i was like ah maybe losing to boston college really just like tainted that entire experience umass is
1: like way even worse than that though of course yeah yeah it's it's weird but yeah it's whatever it's a win. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It's a win though. It's a win.
0: Okay. Now 6 and 0 hosting Auburn. This is I love uh I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm just love that I'm going to do this to Auburn. Auburn coming to Columbia, classic trap game before the road matchup with Alabama. Is that like insulting to Auburn? That's what I was
1: going for there. It probably would be to them, but shouldn't be. Okay. Um yeah, I don't know Auburn. Um, they kind of turned it around a little bit this year. Like they are not good, but they are bowl, They they're going to a bowl. They're making some moves, and they're making some moves. Making the some moves so and they'll be better next year than this season for sure. So um, we get them at home. I think I think it'll be a. I think it'll be a win. But could be a good one. Seven and O. Number
0: eight in the country, Missouri Tigers traveling to i'll say it defending national champions wow number one team in the country alabama college game day is in tuscaloosa
1: that's a legitimate possibility for sure college game day we'll see that's a very much a lot has to happen before yeah. we that's uh, how it's gonna go that's like almost a year from now yeah that's how it's gonna go though um, they're gonna go to tuscaloosa and knock off crimson tide they could i think they could um they probably won't yeah. i'll say it's a loss We'll pencil it in as a loss as I write. I could 10. change my mind yeah. before next year. Of course. Uh, think they'll win, the
0: bye week? Yeah, absolutely. That's a win. Because after the bye week,
1: hosting Oklahoma. Yeah, this might be the most anticipated game of the year for sure. Um, those tickets are going to be hot. It's going to be a good one. Um, Got to win that.
0: Yeah, that's a win. Uh, so three games left, two road games and a home game all three winnable.
1: Oklahoma might be like be falling apart at that point in the season. They might have already fired Venables and everything. Like it's We can only hope. Oh man. Okay, sorry I interrupted.
0: That's fine. At South Carolina.
1: That's a win. At Mississippi State.
0: That's a win. Home against Arkansas.
1: That is the easiest win on the schedule. Okay, so wow, 11 and 1. 11 and 1 and that means
0: a meeting with a rematch with Alabama in that, SEC that's championship. That's what one game.
1: That is, uh, the playoff confirmed, absolutely, and most likely the SEC championship game. Yeah, you would need.
0: Uh, I don't know everybody else's schedule as much, but like, I mean, if this is how Missouri season goes, you're you're penciling in a rematch with Alabama in the championship.
1: I feel like obviously we're a ways out, but. I mean this the stars are aligning big time for a special season next year with just how many people are coming back, how much well like who we're retaining, who we have the chance to retain. I mean, this schedule is very favorable. I mean, you're avoiding Georgia, you're avoiding Ole Miss. Um you just I mean at Alabama, OSU, you're you're, you're going to yeah. probably lose one along the way. And so, yeah, you've I, got that road trip to
0: A&M. You got that home game against Co- Oklahoma. A couple of tough games for sure. A home game
1: against Auburn. But yeah, getting like Oklahoma at home. Yeah. Auburn at home. Those yeah. are probably maybe the two best teams on the schedule outside of Alabama.
0: So I'd rather it be those two than LSU and Texas.
1: Yeah. For sure. So, I think Missouri had a pretty nice run out as far as scheduling goes. Uh so. 11 and 1. I some people were
0: saying I don't see a I don't see a loss here, which you never know. Um, eleven and one going to the SEC championship game. Heard it here first. Probably not, but that's the schedule. So now let's talk about how Missouri's gonna get there. It's gonna be using some of these, maybe some of these signees and some of these transfer portal acquisitions. We'll start with the high school signing class. Um Today was signing day. Today was signing day. No real big fireworks necessarily for Mizzou. There was like some last minute rumblings about uh, Ryan Wingo in case you hadn't heard enough about him yet, but he signed with Texas as was expected at this point Were they did. you think they got a little bit, a little chunk of change there just by stirring things up at the last minute?
1: Uh, maybe from Texas. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) probably.
0: Um, I've got these in some kind of order here. We can just run through everybody and then maybe pick out a few guys to spotlight at the end. Um, Starting off with, uh, in my mind, the guy that really kicked off this class, uh, four-star wide receiver James Madison, chose Missouri over Florida State, and um, he's bringing his teammates, uh, linebacker Nicholas Rodriguez, three-star and defensive tackle uh, Justin Bodford, also three star. All three of those guys uh, played high school ball at St. Thomas Aquinas, but James Madison, I feel like, really got the class going.
1: Um, yeah, he was really vocal. Yeah, um, on Twitter and like you said, was one of the kind of one of the first ones, one of the first dominoes to fall. So, yeah, that's an impressive trio right there. Um, and I definitely think Nicholas Rodriguez was kind of sneaky, like good player to hang on to. I think some of the big boys. We're sniffing around for sure. Ohio yeah. State, He, I think he visited Ohio State uh, re- maybe within the last month or two. So um, that was one we didn't really hear a lot on, but I definitely think uh, that there were others involved at Missouri kind of held off. So yeah, that, yeah. that's a big one.
0: Madison, though, uh, listed at 6'3". That's something that jumped out to me because it does feel like we've kind of been missing some of these bigger-bodied wide receivers that are more like... Obviously, like Theo Weiss is doing it this year, but um, outside of him, it, our wide receivers are a little bit on the smaller side. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I just like seeing a, a big-bodied wide receiver out there.
1: Yeah, the, a couple of the wide receivers we're bringing in are uh, kind of fit that mold. Then uh, next on my
0: list is offensive lineman Ryan Jostis, three-star from Washington, Missouri. Uh, another Missouri in-state kid, wide receiver Jude James, three-star from Francis Howell in St. Charles. He is uh, another guy that's... Uh, uh, I'm assuming he's going to play wide receiver. I've, yeah, it's like... In high school, he totally played safety also. Totally up
1: in the air at this point. Like Some people think he could play the star position, kind of okay. like the Dalen Carnell role. Some people think he's going to be a tight end. I think it'll probably be actually one of those two. I okay, think it'll be okay. a tight end or, or play kind of like a hybrid safety linebacker position.
0: Uh, yeah, he did both in high school, so... Um. Yeah, he's listed at six two two eleven on the the tweet that M- Mizzou Athletics sent out.
1: Yeah, he's kind of like the just one of those no nonsense, really good hands. Just tell me what to do, I'll do it. Kind of player. Like he's just I don't know. He's an underrated player. Absolutely. Uh, a couple more
0: offensive linemen here. First, I have a JUCO offensive lineman, uh, Javen Richardson uh, from Hutchinson Community College, listed at six seven three zero five. Large. And then one of the more recent commits uh, that signed was offensive lineman Caleb from three-star from Omaha, Nebraska.
1: Good place for a Missouri billboard.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, so, just adding adding guys in the the trenches that are like SEC size. Yeah. Um. Next is tight end Witt Hafer, also from Missouri, from Joplin, Missouri, listed at 6'7", 230. Feels like maybe a little bit more of a blocking tight end. Um, I think he even like played a little bit of offensive line in, in high school. Um, so welcome aboard. And then another in-state guy, Talon Chandler, three-star offensive lineman from Nevada, Missouri. Flipped from Colorado maybe like a month ago. Yeah. Um, And from Canton, Georgia, we have three-star defensive back Jackson Hancock. And then moving to the state of Arkansas, there's billboards going up all around the state of Arkansas. Um, A guy that we've talked about a lot that was an early commit linebacker, Brian Huff, four-star from Jonesboro, Arkansas. He's a guy that I'm pretty excited about um, but we've talked about him plenty because he's been committed for so long and that's mm-hmm. one thing about this signing class like all these guys that have been committed for months now yeah just like no wavering super solid
1: yeah that's actually a good point I hadn't really thought about I, I we didn't lose anybody really we uh, we lost Cam Dooley maybe like a month ago but really for the most part we haven't lost anybody yet no one's really looked around that I know of at least not publicly. Um, yeah, Brian Huff, really solid like interior linebacker, and then Nicholas Rodriguez is more kind of like the outside mm-hmm, linebacker's, mm-hmm. uh type style of player, so kind of got some versatility.
0: From Pine Bluff, Arkansas, we bring in defensive back Austin Dindy, three-star. Um, from Hudson, Florida, defensive lineman, four-star Elias Williams. People are very excited about him. He's got the measurables and... Um, yeah, should be a guy that is contributing sooner rather than later. Uh, the only quarterback Missouri is taking in this class, three-star Aiden Glover from Collierville, Tennessee. Uh, he's listed at 6'3", and he is definitely more on like the dual threat side of quarterback recruiting. Um, and I don't think we actually ever talked about the fact that Jabari Johnson transferred and uh, I saw he had a crystal ball transfer crystal ball to Oregon State, Mm. which makes
1: sense he's from Washington. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense if that's where he's going to go. Then they just lost their quarterback. Yeah. So it could mean that um, Missouri's quarterback room isn't going to see a whole lot of changes. That doesn't really necessarily mean anything, but uh, we could see Jake Garcia and Sam Horn stick around for another year.
0: Yeah, I'd be fine running it back with those three. Yeah.
1: I mean, Jabari Johnson looked uh, at least just in some of the – the practice reps that we saw of him, you know, he looked like uh, a talented kid and and we, we knew that. Uh, So yeah, you never like to see players leave, but you know, I get it. And it's it's probably going to be a couple of years before he even had a chance to compete for the starting job. So I understand.
0: Yeah. And it's just, uh, the situation is going to make it very easy to root for him and keep, you know, keep track of his career wherever he ends up. Uh, but Missouri brings in Aiden Glover at the quarterback spot. And, uh, uh, one, another one of the more recent commits was running back Kawan Lacy, four-star from Lancaster, Texas, committed to Missouri over Ole Miss, who seemed like the favorite for a long time to land him. Um, I watched some of his film, and it's very intriguing to me because I'm not really a film guy here, but he looks like he's just like incredibly athletic and talented and maybe just isn't very like his technique doesn't seem necessarily the best. Like he's not a very technical runner yeah. because he's just so athletic and has good size and just is like running over guys, bouncing off of guys at the high school level, Yeah, but he kind of like runs upright and yeah. isn't doesn't seem super decisive with his cuts and stuff. But, and that's interesting to me that Missouri would go after a guy that seemingly has the physical ability but needs to tune up you know his technique yeah
1: it's, yeah he's a like a bit, coachable thing yeah for sure um top 250 recruit in the yeah. country so yeah. is well decorated as a recruit um he's six foot 205 so you mentioned running upright a little bit he i think he's just also kind of tall yeah. for a running back or yeah. at least definitely taller than what we're used to see exactly uh, in a missouri uniform yeah uh so yeah I mean I I agree with you he probably needs some refining on um like when to just go down cuz in high school like he has some insane clips where it's like yeah. how is he still running yeah. like in college like you just learn to you, you just know when to go down sometimes yeah. but um yeah I I think that he has a, the potential to be really really good and um absolutely has the the skills and the measurables and the the size to play immediately And uh,
0: in high school, he lined up all over the offensive formations. He was
1: kickoff returner, too.
0: Yes. So very versatile athlete there.
1: It sounded like uh, you mentioned Ole Miss was the favorite. And really, I think a lot of people expected Ole Miss to be the choice even at his announcement, Mm. like a little ceremony, even just a few days ago. So uh, I don't know what Missouri did there at the end, but they they clearly did something last minute to, to kind of flip his decision because I think a lot of people were really surprised by his announcement.
0: Another player that it did not seem like Missouri was going to land but ended up pulling out of the state of Tennessee, a de- defensive back Jaron Sensabaugh, four-star from Nashville, Tennessee.
1: Yeah, that's another one where, you know, I think when he announced, uh, you know, he's, he's from Nashville. He grew up in Knoxville. He was committed to Vanderbilt
0: at one point, decommitted, and then Tennessee f- was the favorite. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so uh, pretty much everything about him was like Tennessee-related. Yeah. And um, you know, I don't really know that Missouri staff expected to land him like a week ago, um, but things just kind of fell into place and um, ended up working out.
0: Another four-star defensive back, this time from Florida, Cameron Keys. Any thoughts on him?
1: Another talented. I, there's a lot of defensive backs yeah. in this class, and I was—I mean, I was going to add on Sensabaugh. I mean, he's six foot one, like 170. So yeah. just they're going after like these kind of taller, longer. Uh, cornerbacks because I mean they've had success with those guys. I think that's kind of like the build that we have gone for the last couple of years and our cornerbacks are really good.
0: Yeah. And like Chris Abrams-Drain is like the, one of the smaller cornerbacks yeah. that have been starting under Drink. Mm-hmm. Um Next up from Madison, Alabama defensive lineman Jalen Brown. Um, he's a guy that his recruitment never really took off like with any blue bloods or anything. Um but he has incredible measurables. Uh, let me see if I can pull him up real quick. But uh, he's a guy that I would look for, like, assuming he sticks around like year three. If he puts it all together, he has the, the physical tools to be impactful for sure. And then the final two players here are special. Uh, the first one is special because he is the number one player in the state of Arkansas. And is another big wide receiver, Courtney Crutchfield, four-star from Pine Bluff, Arkansas.
1: Yeah, another signing day victory. And uh, it was formally committed to Arkansas and backed away from that uh, fairly recently. And Missouri's had a lot of momentum, but you still never know um, until he announces, especially with um, someone as highly rated as, as Crutchfield. But... Yeah, his film is is really fun to watch. Uh, you mentioned he's a bigger guy, 6'3", 180. He looks big on the film. Yes. He doesn't look like a high schooler. Long arms. But um, you know, he's not uh, like a crazy separation guy. But he's you know makes contested catches really well. Um, really sure-handed. Has even a couple of, like one-handed grabs in his um, highlight tape and stuff. So uh, lo- again, another guy that looks like I mean. Maybe the depth chart is the only reason that he doesn't come in and play immediately, but probably is talented enough. Uh,
0: I pulled up Jalen Brown just to mention he's listed at 6'6, 260. like probably like he could play, he could bulk up and play interior, but (laughs) I would love to see him play on the end. Mm -hmm. And he could play opposite of some places have him as the number one player in the country defensive end, five-star from Lee's Summit North in Kansas City, Missouri, the second-highest-ranked signee for Mizzou in the modern recruiting era, Williams Waneri,
1: Let's let that sink in for a little bit. Be, uh, yeah, I think, uh, man, maybe one of the most dramatic recruitments I've ever followed Yeah, uh, and just has been incredible every step of the way. But I think everyone was you know Missouri's been confident. You know he's he's never really wavered. It you know, I think Oklahoma would like to make everyone think that he wavered and went back and forth right. and but it really seems like the more we hear about it that he just was staying steady and would never really thought about changing his mind or anything like that and you kind of hold your breath all the way up to signing day but um, he's officially on board and he signed and we can we can relax because it's it's really happening. And not only that but I mean, I think the uh the lease Summit North Pipeline might it's have, real. It might be underway.
0: It's real. Uh yeah. So he um oh, I mentioned number two highest rated signee. Uh if I would have told you two years ago or like whatever, when um uh you know Luther Burton. Yes. Uh, signs
1: with the Missouri Tigers. That is not who I thought. Uh, you're, that's not the name I thought you were about to say.
0: When Luther Burton signs, and I tell you, well, Kyle, that's really cool and everything, but two years from now, we're actually going to sign a player higher ranked than
1: Luther Burton. In maybe a more vital position. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Potentially. Like, it's it's truly a dream come true because how many times on this podcast over the years have we said, it's super great to land whatever player. It's usually like a four-star wide receiver. Right. Like, wow, what a great addition. Mm-hmm. But man, could we get a four or five-star offensive or defensive lineman? That would sure be really cool because those positions are way more important, you know, in theory. Right. To a college football team. Yeah. And here we are with the best in the country
1: yeah it's like there's been this gradual transformation where it's like okay we're getting better recruits yeah okay but we have a lot of we have a lot of good skill players now right. we have a lot of good wide receivers yep. well that's still great but yep. yeah let's spread out the wealth a little bit let's get um some difference makers some big boys in the in the trenches and uh now both with williams winery and also some transfer portal additions that's definitely happening and uh, man it's just like I don't even know what to say anymore. It's like I'm trying to not take this for granted because we just had a ten and two season. we're recruiting better than we ever have. it already It's already starting to feel like the expectation, and I don't want to let myself go there because it's just uh, it, it's unprecedented what's happening. well, and it's
0: it's not a perfect one- to one comparison, but thinking back to the last time Mizzou football was rolling anything in any way that resembles this was 2013 2014 going to -to back-to-back sec championship games and that whole that little sort of era of mizzou football one could argue kicked off with doriel green beckham the number one player in the country signing with the tigers and then you know the team's a little bit it's the team is disappointing their first year in the sec but then they are firing on all cylinders. Go to back-to-back SEC championship games, and it feels like this is the start of another era. Uh, but the thing about that previous era was it was rolling, and then it crashed and burned. Yeah, almost as fast as Missouri football was coming up on the scene, it disappeared. Right for four seasons.
1: That's, that's a good point. Um, so, it, but it, to it, not take it for granted is it like... It did happen very fast and went away very fast. Yeah. And it does feel like this maybe could be a little bit better foundation that's been built over the last few years. And, you know, hopefully Coach Drinkwitz is uh, still just eyeing many years at Missouri and isn't planning on retiring like Gary, Gary Pinkle did. Exactly. Or going anywhere, uh, yeah. taking another job. And uh, because, you know, if we're even rolling at, a percentage of what we're doing right now, I think we're going to be happy with, yeah. with, with what's going on um, with the football program. So, yeah, it's like I just I almost like run out of stuff to say that it's just like it feels like we've been saying this for a few months now. Like, I can't believe yeah this is happening. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think it's just going to keep happening here for a little while. When when Winary committed
0: and was added to the list uh, that makes up the official class rankings, um, Missouri was still, you know, like 50th or something in the in the country for their, their ranking. But um, we kind of talked about, well, there's very few commits right now. Even just the normal amount of three stars we typically get, we'll bump it up into the mid-30s at least. Uh, but, you know, sprinkling a few four stars and we're right back where we have been most of the time under drink. And that's exactly what happened. Finishing right around 25th, most likely. Depending on what service you look at, um, I think twenty-four-seven sports has it has the class at twenty-fourth in the country, and it just feels good to. It feels so good to have those recruiting wins, go have a ten-win season, and then stay on schedule with recruiting.
1: Yeah, to finally see recruiting wins like start to show up on the field, an actual win-loss situation. Um, I think that just makes these recruiting wins even more fun knowing that like okay we have the staff in place to actually utilize this talent yeah speaking of the staff i feel like if you were listening
0: to what coach drinkwitz has been saying about contract extensions and keeping his assistants around for a while at least i thought we would already have all that out in the open and have news about their extensions by now but the way he's been fairly public
1: about it for a few weeks
0: so um He's still kind of saying the same thing, like any day now expect an announcement, and that he expects both coaches to be calling the plays in in the bowl game. So, I'm I was like pretty worried about potentially Baker leaving for Tulane, but then that came and went, and now I was like, okay, there's no other scares out there. I think we should be totally fine. Seems like we're just waiting for the negotiations to finish up, but. The longer it takes, it's just like yeah. slight worry, but I think I think everything will be fine.
1: Uh, I did actually see that uh, Notre Dame's uh, offensive coordinator position is open, and there was a potential that they were uh, looking at Kirby for that. Gotcha. So, just I don't want to scare you, Cameron. That's a lateral I, move. Not I'm, worried about it. I know you. Um, you know it's a heavy burden on you, these staff moves. But yeah. we'll see if that. Yeah, it is true though. It's like they. He's been very like, candid about. Uh, extensions like coming down. So he's literally
0: setting us up for disappointment if it doesn't go (laughs) the way. (laughs) That's
1: how you just don't do that stuff. But we'll see. see. He knows what he's talking about. It's all under control. So great
0: recruiting class. Um, I would not have cared about the final ranking that much, honestly, as long as when Ari was in this class.
1: Right. And also that doesn't even include the transfers, which I think you could probably argue Missouri has a top five transfer class right now. You stole my segue, but that you're allowed to.
0: I was going to say sorry. these guys won't necessarily contribute for a couple of seasons. However, we've got some guys coming in that are going to contribute right away. I'm so sorry I ruined that. That was so good. <laughs> I still got to say it. But I was too early because I wanted to ask, actually ask you about this high school recruiting class contributing right away, potentially. williams Winery, we can kind of set him aside, I feel like. He's going to command some snaps early and often. And even if it's not like, if he's not out there every down as a true freshman, that's not a big deal. That's to be expected, even with the number one player in the country, honestly, in my opinion. Maybe I'm just sort of tempering my own expectations. But out of the rest of these guys, in their first two seasons or so, is there anybody that jumps out to you maybe because it's a position of need or they're just uh, maybe a diamond in the rough. Is there a couple guys that stand out to you that could be early contributors?
1: Yeah. Um, I think it probably will feel like maybe an obvious pick. Maybe even both of these will feel a little bit obvious, but wanted to point out two guys, uh, one on offense, one on defense that I think uh, could be out there pretty soon. And uh, one of those is probably K1 Lacey, uh, the running back uh, from Texas. I mean, you mentioned he probably does need a little refining on some of his skills, so maybe that's something that holds him back a little bit from getting out on the field immediately, uh, but maybe he'll see the, the field as a kickoff returner or something like that.
0: I was going to say, catching a kickoff and running fast, you don't have he to refine do that. that too much.
1: Right. Um, but, um, you know, he's got a lot of time to to figure that out over the off season and um, kind of get acclimated with the plays and stuff. But, you know, I, I do wonder, sometimes there's, I don't know, you never know what promises are made mm-hmm. uh, in recruiting. And obviously NIL is a, is, is a big thing now, but you know, I still think that that's something that happens in recruiting is specific promises are probably made and expected to be uh, upheld. So um, you never know what was said to Lacey to get him to flip kind of at the last minute. Um, but I think he he mentioned being able to play as a freshman, so I think that's something that could happen, and obviously the opportunity is going to be there most likely. Uh, on the depth chart
0: i he must not have talked to uh tavoris jones or see that's the thing it's like
1: man I, I still am holding out, out hope for tavoris jones but um you never know i mean it just doesn't seem too likely at this point and uh there's still a few months left where he maybe he's moving on somewhere else but that's not uh that's just total speculation
0: so Lacey for the offensive player
1: uh, and then I'm, I'm gonna go with Elias Williams on on defense. Uh, I just, man, I think he was a little bit of a diamond in the rough when he committed, mm-hmm. but isn't anymore. And but yeah, a lot of the, a lot of big schools uh, were after him by the by signing day, but he he stayed true to Mizzou, and um, you know obviously, that is an area where we're gonna need some help. We probably could use it right now, actually, but. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that will be an area where he can make an impact really quickly, and he's he's just super super talented. Um, so we're probably gonna have, uh, uh, Williams on on both sides of the of the ends. Yeah, yeah. Except uh, first name Williams, one area. Right, right.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's even a couple more that I, uh, there's there's like potentially gonna be like four guys with Williams in their name on the field on the at the same line. time. Yeah, at some point. Uh, Yeah, I think those are great picks, and I agree with you completely. I would also throw out Nicholas Rodriguez, um, the linebacker from St. Thomas Aquinas. You mentioned him, his recruitment kind of picking up in some of the bigger schools, being interested late. And, uh, yeah, I feel like he's just an athletic, smart linebacker who will just make the plays, and um, I could see him, like, being like cracking the two deep as a true sophomore that would not necessarily surprise me and then you know depending on injuries he could see some playing time so now we'll jump into the transfer portal and the biggest news out of that is caden green makes it official the former four-star recruit and number two player in the state of missouri commits to mizzou after transferring from oklahoma
1: yeah, I mean, again, it's one of those things where it's like you run out of things to say because I just can't even believe that this is happening. But uh, we talked about him last week. This was a total shock for pretty much everybody, including Oklahoma, probably even including Missouri, that Caden Green was looking to transfer. Um, this moved pretty quickly. We talked about Missouri and Oregon probably being the front runners, um, But I think the connections that Missouri has built, the relationships, and that pipeline – i think it's i think it's real and uh so that was pr- i'm guessing the the most significant factor in caden green's uh very short recruitment uh but i mean this is like adding an nfl player to your line i mean he has only played one season of college football uh true freshman was one of the best players in oklahoma's line they had a, a great offense it was he, one of the play- best players on their entire team yeah just immediately as like an 18 19 year old kid freshman all-american yeah it just well, probably next year could be one of the best linemen in college football and with at least two years left to play yeah. i'm assuming he'll play two years and then go to the nfl yeah because he's probably going to be he is on the trajectory of someone who will be a first round pick two years from now
0: he literally has all the prototypical measurables for an early offensive line draft pick, yeah, and has already produced as a true freshman
1: on Oklahoma. What more can you ask for? Yeah, I mean, it's, I a, mean, it's as safe as you can possibly get, yeah. So, um, obviously, just immediately will make an, an instant impact. Um, so we've got Caden Green and his buddy Armand Mambu. Uh, holding down the line and uh so i don't know it's exciting stuff yeah that always
0: felt like it always made sense obviously it's like you know you got yeah. your high school teammates are for coming sure. like c- can we not figure this out home state yeah but he always seemed so committed to oklahoma but, mm. yeah,
1: it's definitely uh playing for the home school is is it's cool right now. Yes. I mean, yes. more so than it's ever been. <sighs> We've wanted it to be cool for so long. We've <laughs> finally done it.
0: It's always been cool to me. <laughs> me too. When I play when I play NCAA 14. I always choose Mizzou. Yeah. I'm like,
1: oh, I'll try something different this time. Nope. Tigers. I know. That's what I do. I'm like, oh, I can't do it to them. Yeah. They were counting on my commitment. <laughs> <laughs> I know everybody in online is going crazy if I commit somewhere else. <laughs> exactly. They're saying, oh, we'll see you in the transfer portal. <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, Caden Green, just incur- just instant impact. Like, we were talking speculation about, like, if things go right this off season, beating Ohio State would be a big step in this direction, but you're talking about maybe a top 10 preseason Missouri Tiger team, and this is one of those steps that makes that closer to reality. 100%.
1: Um, yeah, next yeah. year absolutely just looks like run it back year. Like they – all of the important pieces from this year's team, all of the staff, um, and then only making impact uh, additions. Like yeah. it's just we're running it back.
0: Um, Transfer portal, Missouri also got a commitment from former Georgia defensive end Daris Smith. Darius Smith. There you go. I knew I was going to say it wrong. I knew you would too. Uh, I had like forgotten. I, like I, uh, <laughs>
1: we were we were practicing before, but it's okay. No use. I I mean I, we don't even really know for sure. True. <laughs> Former four star recruit, six
0: five two forty, didn't really play a whole lot at Georgia. Uh, had the recruiting pedigree, but so does everybody else that goes to Georgia. So never really got a chance to shine. Did have a couple tackles against Missouri this year though. Yeah, he
1: did. Yeah, this, I mean, just an athletic freak. Uh, yeah, 6'5", 240. Um, he's probably better fit for defensive end, which it sounds like that's probably what he's going to play at Missouri. Uh, and you mentioned he played linebacker at Georgia, so maybe just wasn't in the ideal position for him. But, I mean, Georgia does that sometimes, though, just has those, like, freaks uh, playing, like, outside linebacker. I mean, no, all, you know, all due respect, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's in a, a good way. In a good way. Um, but... I think that'll be a really good spot for him is playing defensive end. But yeah, he uh, played in 16 games at Georgia and yeah, had two tackles against Missouri this year.
0: And just to, just to remind everybody that also already this year, Missouri has grabbed Marcus Carroll, the running back and Toriano pride. Don't forget about Toriano pride is coming over from Clemson. Welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home. Um, I thought I would just mention uh, transfer portal guys that Missouri has, that have not chosen Missouri, that Missouri was taking a look at, that we've talked about before. Uh, Monroe Mills, offensive lineman to Louisville. Mikhailin Pounders to Mississippi State. Chidozi Wonkwo to Colorado. Uh, Nias Peebles to Virginia Tech. Anybody else I'm missing there?
1: Um, Yeah, Remington Strickland was an offensive lineman from A&M. We talked about last week he's going to TCU. And then a guy we didn't actually talk about last week, but uh, Jamon Dumas Johnson, who is a very productive linebacker from Georgia, is going to Kentucky.
0: Uh, also in the high school ranks, um, Jeremiah
1: McClellan committed to Oregon, which I've kind of yeah made. he flipped from Ohio State. We, like he was a guy that we, t- we were talking about a few months ago, as you know, maybe wanting to play with Ryan Wingo at Missouri. Obviously, yeah. neither one of those things happened. Yeah, uh, uh, but always kind of knew that jeremiah mcclellan might be a candidate to flip but um goes to oregon instead uh there's a couple other guys just that missouri's still keeping an eye on in the transfer portal some guys that uh either have visited or probably will visit and one of them is chris mcclellan who is a defensive tackle from who's transferring from florida uh it's probably between missouri and oklahoma Missouri was involved with his recruitment coming out of high school and so might be able to get him on the the second time around. Another recruiting battle with Oklahoma. Yet another. That's another thing about Caden Green is
0: Oklahoma, foolishly, is joining the SEC. We took the best player, one of the best players, from a rival
1: conference school. We stole their recruit. We stole their current player, who is an NFL player. We're stealing their life force, and we're gonna beat them next year. Yeah. Uh, Corey Flag, from is a linebacker from Miami. He's kind of an interior linebacker. Did I say linebacker? Yeah, linebacker from Miami. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just like say something, and your words just echo throughout your mind. Yeah. I'm like, wait, what did I say? You said linebacker. Okay, great. I don't. I don't. Uh, and then, uh, Jaquavius Marks is a running back from Mississippi state. I still think it's possible Missouri adds another running back before it's all said and done. Uh, but we'll see. So I think there's still, uh, another, a, a couple guys they still need to add, um, to kind of shore up the linebackers. We're losing a lot of guys there and, uh, can always take some like guys in the trenches and stuff like that. But, um, there's a, they're bringing in a lot of guys in the secondary in this freshman class. Uh, But we'll see if they add any more. I don't think they'll add any more in the transfer portal, but we'll see. So um, a lot of of time left here. Um, Guys will probably transfer after all the bowl games, Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so there'll be transfers in the spring and all that. So That's a good start, though. That's an incredible start.
0: (laughs) All right. So now we can move on to Ohio State, the Cotton Bowl. Number seven, Ohio State, 11-1 and one on the season. Only loss is to Michigan in the regular season finale. And um, just an incredible opportunity for Missouri. It kind of looked like maybe Ohio State was not taking this game seriously and a bunch of their players weren't going to play. But that has changed, and they're going to have a lot of their starters, uh, even the ones that could go pro, most of them. We'll mention a few that are still up in the air. Uh, but just to start us off a little bit about this Ohio State team, uh, it's the fifth full season for Ryan Day at Ohio State. Has a 56 and 7 record. This is insane. 39 and 3 in the Big Ten, all three losses to Michigan. <laughs> uh, this season, they were the number two defense in the country in opposing points per game at 11 second to Michigan, Uh, they were number three in yards per game against, number one in passing yards per game against, number 23 in rushing. Um, Opponents against Ohio State's defense were only completing 52% of their passes this year. That's the third lowest in the country. And uh, they were completing those passes for just five yards per attempt, which is the lowest mark for any defense in the country. This is just kind of an insane stat. The longest pass play Ohio State has given up this year is 36 yards.
1: That's ridiculous.
0: So my first question to you, Kyle, for this Ohio State preview is, does this Missouri offense complete a pass for more than 36 yards?
1: Cameron, let me tell you something. I have a little fact. Okay. A little factoid about Ohio State. They play in the Big Ten. All those offenses suck. Yeah. Yeah. Everything you just said is void because they're all terrible and they didn't play anybody. Okay, that's true. Uh, I'm just well, I'm joking a little bit, but a little bit. I think relatively, that's maybe actually a little bit of truth to that. That Michigan, obviously, probably not the case there, but the Big Ten has some pretty terrible offenses uh, existing within it, and I don't know, man. I, I I definitely don't want to discredit this this Ohio State defense. They're they're legit. They're really solid. They don't fall asleep um, at all. Um, but, yeah, I think Missouri could, could probably do that. I think they could complete a 36-yard pass. Yeah. I think they'll do it. It needs to be 37. 37. Yeah. Yeah. To break
0: the record. Watch yeah. them complete a 36-yard pass. <laughs> um, yeah. Everything you said about the Big Ten is legitimately true. I mean, the Missouri's offense is right there with michigan as the best offense ohio state will play this year
1: 100 percent um i mean that's just like a that's like a strategic thing they go for i think in that conference like <laughs> it's like uh, we just we we don't do offense here yeah uh we we play good defense and we just run the ball and that kind of stuff um
0: yeah it, but legitimately though ohio state has a defense full of really good tacklers uh like you know four and five star recruits up and down their lineup future pros uh all over the field but it's definitely true that their numbers are slightly inflated by the offenses that they've gone up against yeah um and i feel like years ago that was kind of said about the sec Mm -hmm. as well like that was kind of a thing it's like it old was, man football exactly yeah yeah, and um like comparing big 12 to sec it was yeah. like well big Air Big Raid. 12 is putting up a bunch of numbers but they don't play defense well sec has all these great defenses but what are the offenses they're playing uh the sec has evened that out considerably uh i feel like alabama getting serious about the quarterback position was kind of the start of all that but now the big 10 is uh is still doing that Where it's all defense, Um, the defense is led by senior linebacker Tommy Eichenberg, led the team in tackles this year and last year. Um, They've got some top. They've got a top fifty NFL prospect cornerback Denzel Burke. He was maybe going to sit out, but now it looks like he's going to play. Another uh, cornerback Jordan Hancock is potentially a future pro. He looks like he's going to play. Uh, Senior safety Josh Proctor led the team in passes defended, had a big pick six versus Maryland. Um, He's most likely going to play. So this has all been Ohio State defense so far. That's their superior unit. I feel like they are going to be able to give Missouri's offense some problems. Um, I feel like Missouri's offensive line should hold up. I think it's going to be, for Missouri's offense, trying to manufacture some explosive plays Mm -hmm. because that's what Ohio State eliminates so well. Mm -hmm. So getting Cody Schrader to the second level, getting him to break a couple... He's going to have to break a couple tackles by some linebackers that are just really solid.
1: Yeah. Uh, Absolutely, Georgia is incredible defense, but it will be interesting to see... uh, Cody Schrader go against another just totally legit like NFL defense Mm -hmm. and yeah you can make the argument Ohio State's linebackers are as good or better than Georgia and they've had a month to prepare and so you know I I don't know that we can just pencil in Cody Schrader for 150 yards in this game like we we, like we've seen from him the past you know the last month or two of the season I just don't know if Cody Schrader can be that automatic and so we may have to find other ways to to manufacture um, some first downs and I think it's
0: going to need to be a balanced attack, and Brady Cook's going to have to be able to spread the ball around. I I look for um, Brett Norfleet to be involved heavily yeah, because, obviously, with these passing stats, you see um, Ohio State is like, okay, we're going to take away your deep shots. We're going to take away your options down the field, so you're going to have to settle for dink and dunk passing uh check downs and stuff
1: yeah it almost feels like the way that missouri gets a big pass play is like a short and like yards after the catch situation yeah. like i don't know that they're going to try to throw it deep a lot i don't think they're going to try to test their safeties and try to throw it over the top and because they haven't done that very well as it is against uh, now maybe the best defense they're going to face yeah i feel like
0: missouri's offensive game plan is going to be we are going to take a deep shot when we have set it up properly with right. this this and this you know
1: yeah got that second and short
0: yeah exactly but you almost can't be even that predictable with exactly it. like you're For gonna sure. set up play action but then that's when you actually hit norfleet underneath yeah
1: um you think we'll see any like uh surprise onside kicks or something like break that out again
0: no, uh <laughs> let me say no onside kick but give me uh give me some give me
1: at least one some kind of trickery razzle
0: dazzle trickery. I mean,
1: my opinion is you don't get to play Ohio State very often. You better give them your best shot. Yeah, and in the grand scheme of things, this is a big opportunity, but it doesn't mean anything. Like, if you go out and play your best and lose, and you and you leave it all on the field, whatever. Ohio State and it is an absolute machine of a of a program, and they have all the talent in the world. All this stuff, great opportunity to go win the game. Tell the recruits in st louis that you beat ohio state but if you if it's a swing and a miss it doesn't affect really a whole lot in the grand scheme so, so swing for the fences exactly that's basically a long way of me trying to say take risks swing for the fences just be aggressive take some deep shots whatever exactly
0: how we know elia drinkwitz likes to operate
1: <laughs> yeah. right that's exactly his bunker mentality yes
0: uh Talk, let's talk about Ohio State's offense a little bit. They have lost their season-long starting quarterback, Kyle McCord, to the transfer portal. He committed to Syracuse. Uh, that leaves Devin Brown as the starter for the Cotton Bowl. And I have a quote here from head coach Ryan Day. He said, what did he say? I maybe lost it. He said he's fired. He said, Ryan, Ryan Day, this is from 11warriors.com. Ohio State website. Ryan Day is, quote, fired up by Devin Brown's recent performance in practice and expects a very healthy quarterback competition in 2024. Now, I watched almost all of Devin Brown's throws when he got a little when he was a little bit quarterback competition early and then some garbage time. And I was not impressed. Yeah, I think I watched every throw he made this season. I wasn't too impressed. The Youngstown State reps in particular he looked awful yeah and now it looked better against western kentucky but uh after that uh, mccord won the job pretty handily and they never looked back
1: yeah uh devin brown is a sophomore he's six three two fifteen so he's a big guy uh uh, against Youngstown State, he kind of ran the ball a little mm-hmm. bit. I, I mean, I don't know that that was like the game plan. And he's he's definitely not fast, but he's not totally immobile either. But I really don't think that is going to be a threat to Missouri whatsoever. Is his his legs? So you can pretty much count on him sticking around in the pocket. Uh, against Youngstown State, he was twelve for twenty two. Yeah, uh, that's that's fifty four percent completion. Hit one hundred ninety seven yards and two touchdowns and an interception. Uh, so that, I mean, we're talking about an FCS team at home and uh, just really struggled to put the ball where it needed to be. He was very inaccurate. Was uh, missing wide open guys on that game. Yeah. Uh,
0: and weirdest thing of all is he wears number 33.
1: That's a little bizarre. And, and we're talking about like missing throw, like intermediate throws, yeah, like 10 yard him. ten yard throws down the field. He was just totally yeah. sailing them or throwing them into the ground.
0: Now, Ryan Day is fired up by his recent practice performances, though. That's so true. So don't underestimate your opponent here coaches love practice they do (laughs) yeah um but honestly like they're going to figure out some kind of game plan that he will be able to execute in some capacity he's on their team for a reason he's not an absolute scrub but uh he has not shown anything yet right he doesn't
1: really scare you either no like missouri's played out missouri had to play against Jaden daniels exactly (laughs) they'll figure it out
0: uh he lost the start the competition to the starter that they did not care if he stuck around for next year and he transferred to Syracuse.
1: Yeah. So he's got some weapons though.
0: That is true. Uh, starting with
1: Heisman finalist, Marvin Harrison jr. Yeah. We just talked about Ohio state for like 12 minutes somehow without mentioning Marvin Harrison jr. Who might be the best player in college football, at least talent wise. Second best to Luther Burton, but yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, Probably some people would argue he's a little overrated. Maybe they might. Maybe some people <laughs> listening to this podcast might claim. You're right. That. Maybe that's what I should be saying instead. Uh, he's overrated. Uh, don't worry about it. And he probably won't even play.
0: <laughs> that that he is actually one of the only ones left that might not play. Yeah. Uh, to you know, can preserve his pro prospects.
1: Yeah. Um, it feels like he probably won't and shouldn't, but he totally still could.
0: Um, yeah, great season for him. Obviously, Heisman finalists, sixty-seven of... receptions, twelve hundred yards, fourteen touchdowns.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say he's he's a red zone guy for sure.
0: Um, and then they did have uh some injury issues on their offense with their skill players. Um, uh, number two wide receiver, um, Emeke Ibuka. He only played in nine games, had thirty-five receptions, four hundred and fifty yards, and four touchdowns. And actually their second leading receiver was tight end Cade Stover, 41 receptions, 576 yards, and five touchdowns. Uh, similar to what I think Missouri's going to try to do, getting the tight end involved, I think they're going to try to do some safety valve stuff for Brown with Stover because he's very reliable. And also um, running back Travion Henderson, uh is a good pass catcher as 19 receptions for 229 yards and nine uh, in nine games this year. Yeah. So
1: I feel like, yeah, they, I mean, they, they can beat you in a lot of different ways. And, uh, you, you mentioned egg He had a pretty disappointing season comparatively to last year, but he was a little bit injured. And obviously the quarterback play, uh, the quality of the quarterback play went down significantly going from CJ Stroud to, uh, McCord, but, um, still very talented and could be a first round pick in the draft. Um yeah, Henderson could be the best running back Missouri plays this season. He's been at Ohio State for 3 seasons. He's kind of just been a staple in that backfield for a long time. He's played in a lot of huge games. Um probably looking to go pro, yeah, after this. Uh-huh. Um There was something else I was going to say. Don't remember what it was. Go ahead. Oh, I do remember now. Go ahead. Um I do think Missouri's been a little bit susceptible to um Good tight end play, mm-hmm. um, like on defense. I, you know they didn't play super well against Oscar Delp. Um, he was honestly maybe like the MVP for Georgia in that game. Um, so Stover definitely is a guy I'm a little bit worried about, and could be uh, could have some big plays in this game. Um, yeah, and I feel like I feel like the two offenses
0: in this game. My prediction is they will look somewhat similar in what they're trying to do. I think they're going to try to establish the run and then give the quarterbacks easy completions. Try to lull the defense to sleep and then take a deep shot every once in a while. We've seen Missouri do that in several games this year in conference play, and Ohio State. Well, we were, you know, we would have talked about how Kyle McCord's stats this year are almost identical to Brady Cooks. Yeah. Um, outside of probably rushing touchdowns, but um, I look for both offenses to play it safe where Missouri can maybe push the envelope is if they just try to be more creative than what I, than what Ohio state's offense will be comfortable doing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Missouri's defense, I like Missouri's defense against Ohio state's offense. I like that matchup more than, uh, what am I trying to say? The other way around.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I do. I, I like Missouri's defense against uh Devin Brown. Yeah. Absolutely. That's just not a matchup that scares me. He's gonna they're gonna make some big plays. I mean, he's gonna get to his weapons, but I don't know that if if he's able to do it consistently enough. And I mean this could be an ugly game. Yeah. Uh you know, Missouri at times has struggled on offense. This is a great defense. They're super consistent. Um wouldn't surprise me if this is like a twenty four to twenty kind of game or something like that.
0: Both defenses, I think, are going to try to force the offenses to maintain long drives. If you're going to score a touchdown, it's going to be, you know, a 12-play drive. And uh, like the Ohio State-Michigan game, there was a lot of drives that got to the red zone but then stalled out at the 10-yard line. And Missouri has not—they are good at scoring when they get in the red zone, but it's oftentimes three instead of seven. Yeah. And so that's going to be something to watch. Yeah
1: field goals uh, might be enough in this kind of game we'll see uh but i mean you mentioned it when we first started talking about ohio state this is a game that initially i thought was a game that missouri was going to care about a lot more than ohio state and maybe that's true for the fans i don't know but ohio state has absolutely proved me wrong at least on what my initial perception of the situation was and they've proved that they're going to take this game seriously and they're going to have their talent show up. They're going to have their NFL prospects show up. Um, they don't have their starting quarterback that they had all season long, which will make a difference. But, but they absolutely do not seem to care. <laughs> they don't. And I think they're still going to come out and, and try to win the game as, as hard as they as hard as hard they can. So, um, you know, I don't think that this is a walk in the park. I don't know that I ever thought it was, but um, this is – There was a, a
0: brief moment where it looked like almost all – like. Every draft eligible player that was going to go in the top five rounds was not going to play <laughs> yeah. for Ohio State. There was like a brief moment where I was like, "This could
1: be yeah. actual Mizzou blowout." I do think Ohio State as a program might just be in a little bit of a transitionary period, though, because because of they don't really have like that stud quarterback, and you know they are losing some of their biggest players to the NFL. But that might, they might be using that as motivation, though, as some of these young players, it might be the first time they're getting a crack at, at playing. And so this is kind of the start of their playing career, some of these guys that might get a chance to play. So I would not um, fall asleep in this game whatsoever, and I don't think that Missouri would ever do that against in a, in a in a New Year's Six Bowl against Ohio State. I don't think they're doing that. But So motivations seem to be strong on both sides. So I don't know. I think it's going to be a really good game.
0: If uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. doesn't play, um, they already lost their third leading wide receiver to the transfer portal. So look for freshman Carnell Tate to, I think that's like the next guy up as the, in this long line of elite <laughs> yes. Ohio State wide receivers that the fans are excited to see what he can do. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of times what these fans, these Ohio State fans are used to seeing a little preview of what's to come. From their five-star recruits in the bowl game.
1: Exactly. So they might they might look to feature Tate a little bit in this game. Absolutely.
0: I like Missouri to win this game. It's a prediction time. It's prediction time. It's gonna be close. It could be ugly. I feel like both offenses are gonna do just enough to keep it entertaining and make some splash plays. I think Missouri wins this game 31. 31- to 29 Siri is trying to help me find out if Missouri is going to win
1: this game that'd be good to know I'm about to make my prediction yeah man uh, when we started this season I did not think that we were going to be here I thought we'd have a good season but we surpassed even the most ridiculous expectations probably got one more game enjoy it I hope it's fun um, Coach Drink needs a bowl win he does. This would be a good time to, to get that. Um, I feel like it's going to go fast, though. I feel like these... It's like three or four hours should not go by this fast. Yeah. But it always does. And then we got a long off season after that, so... Yeah, for this bowl game... Stop the clock after every first down.
0: I want to soak it in.
1: I want to soak it in, for sure. Yeah, yeah just,
0: If this goes poorly, though, I will not want to be soaking it in, but we're not exactly. going to worry
1: about that. Yeah, Missouri is about to play uh, one of the most historic programs in college football that they don't get to play very often, so just soak it all, soak it all up, soak it all in. Um, but I'm predicting Missouri win as well, and I'm going to say 27-23. I like it.
0: Got to go get that win. Got to get that win. It's gonna be a fun game, no matter what. I think it's like there's gonna be watching Luther Burden play. You know, it's like it's such a long time between the end of the regular season that it almost feels more like like what i was saying with the Ohio State fans, just like looking to the future already.
1: It already feels like an alumni game for some of these guys. Like, oh, (laughs) Cody Trader's coming back to play in this game. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, it's been so long already. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm very excited to see
0: what Brady Cook and Kirby Moore can get. Get going there offensively. So we're both predicting a win, and that leaves last thing to do here is SEC pick 'em minus Nebraska. Mm, So sad bowl game edition, and this is special because you know we're playing for these upsets, and you know last few weeks like you know the the lines. Been scratching and clawing. Yeah, and I haven't had many upset opportunities to try to take advantage of. But with these bowl games every game is an upset opportunity
1: yeah this is, this is an awesome slate and there's some really tough games to pick for sure one and... more before
0: we get to that actually
1: Ohio State fans are
0: a little bit delusional in, in case anybody didn't know I was just like perusing their SB nation site and here's two uh, headlines first headline even though things aren't even though things haven't been going well for Ohio State, it's not time to panic, but it might be soon. Team that went 11 and one, playing a New Year Six Bowl, has only lost three conference games in the last
1: three seasons. Well, no matter what happens in the future, of Missouri football, I hope we never get like that. Like, appreciate elite seasons, and hopefully the 12-team playoff will help. Yeah, like you'll, more teams will feel like uh, relevant at yes. the end of the year. Yes. Yes.
0: Uh, one other headline is ryan day asleep at the wheel or does he have a few tricks up his sleeve he's fired up he is fired he's fired up is he asleep at the wheel coach that just went 11 and one and it was like <laughs> uh two plays away from going to the playoff
1: <laughs> i have uh one recruiting note actually okay. i forgot to say uh trajan graco is a you can keep the music on That's fine it's, <laughs> it's nice nice little bop uh, he just slowly goes back. <laughs> Trajan like, okay, Greco is alarm. a uh, former Georgia Tech commit um, who decommitted a few months ago. He's a cornerback, uh, and he visited Missouri, and people feel pretty good about it. And also, there. Oh, so he he apparently signed with a team, but is not announcing who he signed with. I kind of love that. And mystery we'll signing announced on January sixth. Uh, but there was a graphic. I uh, went out on, on Twitter and it was like all the the Missouri signees were posting it and it was like all this like this Christmas graphic of all the little stockings of the, yes. the players names on it and uh, Graco's name was on a stocking and so that got quickly deleted but the internet always remembers. Yes,
0: the graphic got reposted without him, without his name in it like, yes. Uh.
1: So uh, some people saw that so you can probably expect uh, Trajan Greco to commit to Missouri on January
0: 6th. Luckily, uh, They did that on the day that he signed the paperwork. So correct. Hopefully he there's no like can't go back on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Onward. Okay. Let's pick some games. What's our what are what's our totals? Uh, How bad am I losing?
2: He's already mad about it. I
0: I gotta get in the zone. He's just ready for this season to be over. No, I'm I'm still in this. I'm not gonna get rattled.
2: Okay. On the season, Kyle's in first place with 81. I have 80. The guest pickers have 79 and Cameron has 75.
1: I'm not out of this. You're not out of it. I feel like I've been leading for a while now, which is just sets up this perfect opportunity to like have it stripped from me in the last week. Peaked too early. That's what they say,
2: I'm afraid. Okay, our guest pickers. I just want to be on this the trophy yeah. again. Britt and Tyler. Yeah, had we had a, a little bit of a collaboration.
1: That's it. We just collaborated on that word good luck oh, yeah.
0: good luck to you guys and I, I know it takes multiple of you guys to take us down and we actually did <laughs> we actually
1: did have a little bit of like back and forth a little discussion yeah some changed picks yeah some, a real collaboration
0: yeah. i i just like uh attached myself to you who's winning just to say that like they haven't beat us
1: oh <laughs> uh, you're on here twice cameron that's true did, that's true just, maybe did not this year i've lost
0: my way i guess all right, what's, what's that first matchup?
2: All right, first up, we have the Texas Bowl, Texas A&M, and number 20, Oklahoma State. Texas A&M is a two-point favorite. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh,
1: Does the new coach just come in and try to coach this game? What did I even do there? I don't know. Does Jimbo come back? <laughs> Like, hey, Jimbo, will throw in an extra five mil. Just come back and win this bowl game for us. He just needed one more opportunity to talk about Jimbo. What is Jimbo doing right now? Probably, like, standing on the
0: diving board, about to dive headfirst into his pool of money.
1: (laughs) You you can even swim in a pool of money in December. Yeah, exactly.
0: Heated. Heated money pool. Heated money
1: pool. Um, Yeah, I'm going to take Oklahoma State. Me too. So do the guest pickers.
0: I'll take Texas A&M.
1: It's too easy, man. It's like uh, the better team is the underdog, according to the line. Yeah. Can't fool me.
0: I'll take Texas A&M and the 11 players that are left on their roster. They're going to have to play both ways.
2: (laughs) Next up, we have the Gator Bowl. Number 22, Clemson against Kentucky. Clemson is a a five-and-a-half-point favorite.
1: Clemson. You're not even gonna go for the upset pick. No, nope. you're just that I'll far? do it.
2: Kentucky please Wow, I'm out on Kentucky. Okay. I'll go Clemson Guess pickers go Clemson could be an ugly one. Yeah, could be Next up the peach bowl Number 11 Ole Miss and number 10 Penn State Penn State is a four-point favorite. This is going to be a fun one, I think. I'm excited for
0: this matchup. Yeah. I'm to try yeah. to tune into this one.
1: A great offense versus great defense. I legitimately don't know what to do.
0: I'm going to pick whoever nobody else picks.
2: I think i got to go Penn State. I'll go Ole Miss. I guess pickers go Ole Miss.
0: I'll go Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. On an island. Trying to catch Kyle.
1: What is a Nittany Lion? Nittany? Nittany. Nittany? <laughs> <laughs> Nittany. Mutiny, mutiny,
0: lion, mutiny.
1: Isn't it like kind of like a?
0: It means it means single mountain. Hmm, Mountain lion.
1: Yeah. Single mountain. King of the mountain.
0: I think it's like uh, a, Native American, something. That's the origin of the word. Yes. Okay. Single mountain lion. So the Penn State. Not the the lion is not singular. It's like. A single mountain. Single. Single mountain and there's a line on it.
2: Okay. Next up we have the Music City Bowl. Auburn and Maryland. Auburn is a seven point favorite. Heck if I know.
1: Yeah, uh Auburn, sure. Yeah, I think I gotta go Auburn.
2: I gotta make sure I got this one right. Guess pickers take Maryland. He's he, making sure he gets it right. Does he know that the game results? <laughs> Make sure I got the guess. Yeah, I think it was the line. Right.
1: Oh, never you, mind.
2: You guys both take Auburn. Yes. <laughs>
1: <clears throat>
2: yeah. Go ahead. He's... <laughs> All right, I'll take Maryland.
1: Ooh, Tanga Baloa.
2: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> He's the quarterback. Next up we have the orange bowl. What's so funny? Just like
1: <laughs> awkward pause after I said Tonga Veloa.
2: I was just thinking like of the honor. time that Cam yeah. thought that Tua was the other Tua.
0: <laughs> yeah. I uh, yeah. I picked I picked Taulia in a fantasy football draft. <laughs> Why he was available when he's still in college, I don't know. But I picked him thinking it was Tua. how'd that work out? Not well. He didn't <laughs> score any points for me, believe it or not.
2: how did he even do that? Okay, we've got number six Georgia Georgia and number five Florida State. Georgia is a fourteen point favorite. And Britt specifically said Georgia by one hundred. So if they don't win by hundred, Britt, you don't get those points. Yeah, well, that's, that's a, what happens that's when the you roles.
1: be specific. I personally don't think it'll be one hundred point victory, but I do think Georgia will win. And that's
2: just my pick.
0: I'm yeah, gonna just actually agree with the Georgia by a hundred.
2: Okay. Might well, as well. Yeah, that's that.
0: Poor Florida State though. I'm still yeah. yeah. Nah, that's that's all I got for them.
2: All right. The Citrus Bowl, number seventeen Iowa and number twenty one Tennessee. Tennessee is an eight and a half point favorite.
0: <laughs> we were talking about earlier before we started recording SEC homerism, and. How for the most part You and I are into it But there's exceptions We drank the poison Yeah there's exceptions To our SEC homerism And one of those exceptions Revolves around Tennessee And I don't want them to win this game I would love to see them lose to Iowa Would you really? Yes Iowa
1: is just like the grossest
0: Yeah so how funny would it be if Tennessee lost to them? That'd be pretty funny
1: if they lose, you understand this game is like three to zero. True. I don't. Probably. I don't know if they can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I was not scoring more than ten points. No. I gotta. I gotta pick Tennessee. Dang.
2: I'll take Tennessee. Guess pickers Tennessee.
0: Tennessee. Tennessee.
2: You're not even
1: going upset.
0: No. no Tennessee. Okay. I gotta play for the win here. I've. Uh, I've made my moves so far. I gotta bank this point. Okay. Yeah.
1: We all pick Tennessee?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yep. I'd love to see no them sweat. Lose to Iowa.
1: Now I would, yeah.
2: <laughs> Next up is the ReliaQuest Bowl. <laughs> the classic ReliaQuest Bowl. I've
1: literally never heard that word in my life.
2: <laughs> we have Wisconsin. That's why you
1: bought by a bowl game. Yeah. Advertise. Now we know about them.
2: We have Wisconsin and number 13, LSU. LSU is a 10 point favorite.
1: I literally think LSU. Daniels is playing in the game right I don't know let's find out if he's playing I literally think LSU will win this game by five touchdowns
0: LSU's Daniels to enter NFL draft skip bowl game ESPN two days ago he's skipping Mm -hmm. the bowl game Yep.
1: well that changes things man we saw their backup quarterback come in
0: jeez don't Uh, remind me of that uh,
1: They're still a ten-point favorite. Yeah, even with the backup. Yeah, I wonder if neighbors is playing. Can you look that up? (laughs) (laughs) This is important stuff. We got pick them on the line here.
0: Malik Neighbors will play for LSU in the ReliaQuest Bowl. Okay, give me LSU. They're gonna play him at quarterback. Might as well. ReliaQuest is a. Force multiplier of security teams to increase vis- visibility, decrease complexity, and manage risk through the gray matter security
1: operations.
2: Oh, yeah, that's really decreasing the complexity. <laughs> yeah, it's a terrible, terrible Holy mission statement.
1: Um, As a professional mission statement writer,
2: that's terrible. Yeah. In what world does that company have the desire to sponsor a bull game? You know, I mean, we're talking about it. They
0: make security possible. Um, I'll take Wisconsin. Oh, That's the dumbest pick I've ever made. Everybody
2: else is LSU.
0: You're going to end up winning. Let's go. I appreciate your confidence.
2: And last, maybe last pick of the season. Maybe not. If Alabama advances, we'll pick one more game. The Rose Bowl, number four Alabama and number one Michigan.
0: Now, first draft, Britt penciled in Michigan. decided so uh, take it or leave it, not didn't feel too strongly. Tyler came in with a wave of confidence. He laid down the fraudulent stamp on <laughs> Michigan true. on thirteen and zero, number one ranked Michigan.
1: That's true. I haven't do- I haven't done the fraudulent stamp in a little while.
2: You got to go with it
1: with Tyler. It's time. Okay. Michigan. Fraudulent. We're going to Alabama. Wow.
2: I'll take Alabama.
0: I'll take Alabama. Wow. I'll take Michigan. I'll I'll take Michigan. All right. I want Alabama to win, though. Hedging. Let it be known. Nick Saban, win the national championship, retire Retire. right off in the sunset. Yeah.
1: Yep. Please. I take that. (laughs) We definitely don't want Texas to win right agree this is not pick them but just Texas lose Texas lose we want it just give me like a Washington Alabama championship
2: yeah, yeah. well that's that
0: okay oh let's start <laughs> back up <laughs> it's
2: on a loop man um
0: okay is that all we have that's a long one. Oh yeah can't wait to see the numbers on that um special thank you to our patreon supporters at the $10 level and above Britt Trees, Brian Smith, Ryan DeMoore, Tristan, Ben Smith, Parker, Daddy JD, Tim Keens, Tyler Harsel, Brandon Groffel,
1: Brandon Hanks, Matthew Tilly, Lewis Hernandez, and Joshua Jacobson. Thank you. Gentlemen, thank you. We love you. You can find this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're on Twitter at Missouri Pod, and you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com.
2: You can find our t-shirts and stickers on our online shop at MissouriSportsPod.BigCartel.com.
0: Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week.